Okay, you ready? By continuing, okay. Cool. Okay, we're good. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm Trevor with Trevor and Jill Talk. Uh, today we'd like to welcome Ariana Tupac Yupunki to our team. We're so excited, right, yes. Jill? She's awesome. She is an intern that we um, were able to meet through the Live Girl She Works program. It's an incredible internship program. I highly recommend it for less next summer if you uh, want to find a um, very capable, wonderful interns. And I also recommend, by the way, their art show in New Canaan that we went to this past week that was at our last show. And I think it's through till through tomorrow. It is so worth going. Sunday, yeah. I think it's it closes down Sunday afternoon. But yes, the Carriage Barn Art Center at Waveney Park. Go visit an excellent, excellent exhibit um, called She is Rising. And um, we had the best time there last week, right, Jill? We did. I'm going back this weekend. And it'll be a gorgeous weekend to walk around that park and see it. It's a fabulous. Yeah. That's a great idea. Uh, so today we want to talk some uh, uh, very hot topics. And I think one of the top ones is uh, the sort of incredibly momentous uh, decision that Naomi Osaka made by pulling out of the French Open uh, yeah. later this week. And I think this has reverberated around the globe. And I, I see it as a wonderful thing. What do you think, Jill? Because I've had some interesting conversations with people who completely disagree with me. So would you think it's positive? Um, okay, so to uh, explain a little further, Naomi Osaka, who is the world's number one, I believe, yes. she's won so many Grand Slams over the last few years. She uh, pulled out of the French Open because of mental health reasons, not because she twisted her ankle, which nobody would look twice at, right? And tennis players pull out all the time for, for those kinds of things. But she pulled out saying she needed to deal with that. And um, what's really fabulous in some ways is that she has gotten so much support from other players and also from corporations mm -hmm. um, for her for being vulnerable and being brave enough to expose this issue, which is so important in, in so many ways. And you don't hear about it in public very much from athletes or superstars. It's such an incredible moment for, I think, all sports. Uh, where all of a sudden the power really has shifted now to the player, not to the institution. And I believe that we're seeing, um, again, a sea change across actually a lot of institutions mm -hmm. about well, mental wellness or mental health issues. Um, everybody from uh, Buckingham Palace is having to grapple with these issues. But to a young, I think she's 23. She's the highest paid female athlete. By the way, she's still 14 athletes behind the highest paid man, just mm -hmm. FYI. Uh, so she's not at the top. Uh, nonetheless, uh, her pulling out of the French Open is so momentous. And I think it's a combination. And, and I read a wonderful uh, article, I think Laura Krauss in the New York Times. It's, it's just such a pivotal moment because these athletes now have their own platforms, right? They, they can speak to their fans directly through Twitter or whatever it is they're cho choosing to use, Facebook, Instagram. And this has taken a lot of power away from the media. By the way, they, she would have had to talk to the media once upon a time because that's the only place she would have had a voice. So this time around, she chose not to speak to the media because it hurt her mental health. She, got, she did not appear uh, after the first round, which of course she won. Then she got fined $15,000 by the Grand Slam, the, the French uh, Open people. And then she decided to leave. And she said, the, the, the media makes her very nervous and it contributes to her, her anxiety and her depression. 
and she doesn't need the media anymore, right? Billie Jean King is saying, once upon a time, we had to talk to the media. We don't anymore. You know, it, this is interesting to me. I'm a huge tennis fan. I've gone to so many US Opens and you are like so excited at the end of the night, typically. I, I'm looking at this so differently now. The player that wins and obviously like no other sport, they're, they're out there by themselves. Sometimes for, you know, women, two to three hours, men could be up to five hours playing these matches, not talking to a coach, all alone, so much pressure. And then afterwards, the winner, sometimes the loser too, depending how far along they are, is interviewed in front of this whole stadium. And for me, I always think, oh my God, what a fantasy, because I love tennis, you know, to win this and be interviewed. And then they hit the balls up to the, you know, to spectators and it's so awesome. But now I'm thinking about it so differently because for somebody who has this anxiety, not just the little media nerves or shyness, but this anxiety, how scary it must be. And they do sometimes get pretty personal with those questions out there. And they do that at the US Open particularly, that's a big uh, highlight after every match. So I guess this must've been just really so much for her all this time. So, and I think that, that, that she got fined for pulling out of, was it the tournament and also talking to the press? Or, yeah, not talking. The originally it started out not talking to the press. And by the way, there's another aspect of this, which uh, many of us haven't known or really paid attention to, but she was asked a question that there wasn't even a question first. The, the statement came from this journalist who said something to the effect of, well, you're, uh, you're kind of compared to the Venus, uh, to the Williams sisters because, because you're black. And then asked a completely separate question regarding the game. And so for a you know, this Lara Krauss was saying, I mean, it, it was just a non sequitur. It was an unnecessary and it felt racist. Of course, the person didn't maybe feel that or see it, but for Naomi Osaka, she's having to field all of these really tough things as a young woman, a young woman of color, and, and is expected to, to just slide through this, like everything's wonderful and bright and pretty and she's going to smile. And she's saying, I've had it and how brilliant and how tough that it, that it take, you know, how, how difficult it must've been to take that stand. That's so courageous of her. That's the way I believe. So it was interesting reading, there was an article, Venus Williams, her take on it. She, did, she has a different look, uh, you know, towards this. And she used to say when I would get this criticism, she didn't shy away from the press though, didn't yeah. make her as so anxious. But her attitude was sort of like, you criticize me all you want, let me see you play tennis like this. <laughs> Come out here, I'll hit a few balls with you. And that's, that's a great attitude, I think, for anybody uh, who is sort of criticized, whether they're you know, in, in the public eye, whether they're an actor or an artist, uh, a singer, an athlete, et cetera. You know, if you're able to be able to kind of keep that perspective, which she is, but I don't know for Naomi Osaka what, what she's dealing with actually, but it's a lot to have, you know, the, the conversation about your game, your race, your gender, and the whole world is watching. So again, some people, they love it. They thrive, you know, they, they or they're, they've got a team that, you know, is making it okay for them. But I could definitely see how that would be very difficult for somebody uh, going through what you've gone through. To, for any elite athlete to stay at the top of your game has, it's just an incredible amount of pressure all the time. Actually, I met the Williams sisters with you and Rich. Right. Ago. They were awesome. It was really lovely. It was such an incredible experience and that they were beautiful and smart and uh, forthcoming and 
and just the description of the entourage they have to have around them to keep them in shape, eating the right foods, the discipline, it goes on and on. And that's a massive amount of pressure for a young person. Naomi Osaka won when she was 19, her first grade. Right. And nobody wanted her to win because she no, lost, no. she beat Serena. She beat so Serena. everybody was waiting for Serena to win her title that would put her at the top. And so that was hard and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. And maybe she just needs a break, maybe, um, you know, and she'll be back soon, which I hope that she will. But it is really cool to see this coming out because we have this amazing lawyer on our show who wrote a book about this and law firms dealing with um, mental wellness issues and, um, you know, places that you just didn't think would touch it before. You're seeing many of them embrace it. That's very wonderful. I'm wonderful. I totally agree. Well, I'm a mental health professional yes. and to my day job. Uh, so there isn't anything that makes me happier than to have people feel like they, they can ask for resources to help them get through some tough times. And I think all of us need a therapist pretty much a few times a year, no matter what's going on, just for a little check-in. You know, somebody who isn't involved in your life does, has no access to grind, who can give you maybe a little bit of perspective that you may have not, may or may not have thought of, or your family members may have not may not have seen. So I I personally believe very much in it, <laughs> and and I am from a family. I one of my family members recently said to me, I don't believe in therapy. So it's so cool that this next know, what, how, how do they know not to believe in therapy? It's, <laughs> I will not go into detail. Maybe it's like God. I mean, you know, you don't really, you can never really know. It's only in your, in your heart. <laughs> you know, our generation of people, there's still a stigma and it's still, you know, kind of a negative that maybe it shows that you're, you're mentally, you're, it's something to be ashamed of. Whereas I think this, that certainly looks like this next generation, Naomi Osaka, and uh, Prince Harry, a lot of these very famous people willing to speak out about their mental health and their wellness or lack thereof and their resources they're accessing to get there. So makes me I think it's kind of really, yeah, sorry. makes you happy. I, I, yeah, I think it's kind of the same, like speaking up against racism or gender inequality, speaking up that you uh, believe in therapy or you think it's great for someone else to go because it makes us all stronger. Mm -hmm. it, you're, you're, you're weaker if you don't accept help and you and you keep things things or you don't say when something bothers you that you see it's the strong person that i think the stronger person that can ask for help it shouldn't be a stigma i think people should be they don't have to share it it's nobody's business if they don't want them to know but i think it shows that you have found the strength to look for something to make things better for yourself now if you went on a if you went on a juice cleanse, everybody would be like, yes. If you plan to run a marathon or you want to get an advanced degree, everybody's like, yes. So why, if you are uh, going to therapy to make yourself a happier person, a better person, better to others in your life, people should give you that same uh, applause, I think. I agree, I agree. And I do think the stigma is slipping away and there's still a lot of death by despair in this country that would include death, you know, dying by suicide or overdosing. I mean, there's still a lot that still there is presently quite a bit of it. So this is, a, this is a long, a long journey, a long road that we all have to continue to talk about, but kudos to Naomi Osaka and I couldn't be happier. Oh, and you just sent an article to me about how uh, Sweetgreens, 
Patricia um, yep. now, which had just started sponsoring her, doubled down. This is in the Wall Street Journal. And that's yep. interesting. You know, companies are really saying we we want to go where this generation's going and we're gonna we're gonna, you know, you know, yeah, I, I love it. I love sweet greens too, which I think just opened in Greenwich. Um, but they, they had just started sponsoring her and they had the conversation instead of saying, Oh, this is too, you know, controversial for us, they said this is great and we love her for her vulnerability and speaking out. So again, anything that can help other people, uh, I think we should all be for. So that this has to get moved into the same uh, basket as all these other things for self-improvement, I think. So, so yay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yay. So, so um, <laughs> it, and I love this article. <laughs> so it's Friday afternoon and we're thinking about the weekend and maybe doing something really fun or even something a little <laughs> going doing some dancing having some cocktails so i'm going to ask you a question mm-hmm. what age range you don't have uh what age range ish ish would you do uh ish. there's always in the there's always the exceptional person um i would go mid 50s to kind of early 60s so i'm mm-hmm. 59 and I don't want to be too much older than me and I nor do I really want to be a whole lot younger so I think mm-hmm. like five years on either side so the, that gives me a 10-year window I think is is reasonable you know that's interesting the 10-year window so um because I, I have done an informal survey since we started talking about this and I was going to say that I mostly hear 10 years up 10 years down um, but I, guess, I think it also depends on your age, yeah. because a lot, a lot of things uh, come into start to come into play once you hit your fifties and up, yes. right? Like in in terms of, I, I asked my husband this just for the survey question. He said forty to seventy, and I said, "Do you really mean?" I knew we mean the forty, but I said, "Do you yeah. really mean 70? Which is he's sixty four. He said, "Yes, I really do," and actually, I believe him. That's what's, <laughs> I believe him about the 42, but I believe, I believe the whole thing in between because he's very much the person kind of, uh, you kind of a have, you, you and Rich have some incredibly powerful, fabulous women friends who are yes. mid 60s. Like <laughs> yes. I've yes. met a bunch of them, so I can totally understand why he's like, absolutely. That's probably where he's getting, right, because, but I mean, whether it's that he's thinking about someone in particular or it's just that he realizes, uh, you know, sometimes you see the biggest uh, like dynamism and excitement or, you know, some kind of connections with people that are, you know, not fitting, not checking off all the boxes because we were talking about this too. Do they have to check off a box on a survey and then you, you know, or on a website and then they really might be not in that at all. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of fun. I, I don't know for, I don't know, you know, there's old souls that are 40 and younger yeah. and there's people that are uh, like much younger at heart or even immature <laughs> that are in their seventies. So, you know, it's interesting. We did a show way, way back. This is before we were officially Trevor and Jill talk, but you can go back and watch that on YouTube on, I think the it's Fairfield theater company, right? At Fairfield theater company. That, one, that was and super fun. There's, there's so many different viewpoints on this. I th- with, with this article that we're discussing, I believe it was USA News and Report, mm-hmm. and it's really about how 
it's, I think back in the mid 2000s, nobody blinked an eye when Hillary Duff, who at the time was 16, was dating a 24 year old. Whereas today that would be absolutely a no-go. People would go bonkers. And there was, um, I, think, uh, I think the article started with a TikTok woman who was in her early twenties, dated a TikTok, another influencer who was only 18. So it was a woman dating a younger guy. And the question being, once upon a time, it used to be kind of okay for an older guy to date a teenage girl. Not okay anymore, which is or, or let's just say 18 plus. Well, yeah. okay, yeah. That article is much more the eyes on younger, uh, much younger people yes. because of, uh, in fact, it mentioned, I remember this so well, Jerry Seinfeld being like close to 40. He was dating a 17 year old. They were all, I mean, of course, Jerry Seinfeld. So whatever, but it's a little, it seems since, since all the things that we've all learned a lot and had our eyes open to over the last few years could be a little unusual. The, the article was sort of focused on that there's so much influence over a much younger person. Yeah. And in some cases it could be, it's called grooming, but it could be looked at as abusive in some ways. Traumatizing. You know, it could be, or the fact that influencers, there's been some interesting, not such great circumstances with some of the influencers on TikTok yes. that you were referring to so I think that's very different I think once it gets to uh and and that probably you know does need to look, be looked at a little bit more carefully at our age it's not that <laughs> you know, as, long, as long as everybody's consenting adults uh but there is this part of me okay so I'm 59 I I don't know if I could date 20 years younger and that would be a, like a 39 year old I'd be like oh my god I would feel like I looked so much different than that person. <laughs> and then in 10 years, I'm going to look even more different. They look better than them. <laughs> that would be my guess. I, well, okay. So that's what I think is interesting. Most women get really nervous. I, I have a few friends who are exceptions. Uh, I, I was asking two sisters today. Uh-huh. Okay. And the one, uh, one sister was like, yeah, four, she's late 50s. She was like, yeah, 40 to 60. The one that's 60 said like, eh, 50 to 65, maybe 70. Um, so um, I think that it's kind of interesting because most women are so self-conscious that they won't look as great. It's always that, right? They don't look as good. And I was telling you, I just watched the Friends reunion, which, you know, it was okay. I would I thought it was originally, I thought it was, we're just going to do the show, like new episodes of the show, but they kind of hashed over everything. Well, for any reasons we can discuss, the, the three women look gorgeous. They're still looking like so amazing. The guys, they have really aged. They, they or they're not, you know. Maybe they they're not don't, the talks and all the business, you know? I don't know. They just don't look as whatever. So I'm thinking, why? Why are we still having these, um, you know, these ideas? And do guys really have all these ideas? And then that led me to thinking that, a lot of guys and and women too are much more sort of accepting of how someone looks, mm-hmm. um, uh, if that if that's something that they really care about or how they do. If it's someone that they knew before, whether they had a relationship with them before or knew them in high school or college, because you sort of know them in a certain way, and I think that you don't have that same um, critical eye maybe if you knew them. Um, right. You're not thinking about that because you know them. And that's what I think is so bad. You know, everybody is so worried. Oh, I don't look as good or they won't like me as much or look at that person. When really the people that once you know them or you knew them, 
you can have such a positive. Well, you know, the other thing is I have had so many life experiences and I'm, I feel like such a different person. I'm still my, myself as Trevor. And I, there's a part of me that feels like I'm still 25 or 30 inside. It's just that I have such a different viewpoint and I'm so much, much less insecure about things and relaxed. So hopefully like if I found somebody, it would be so much easier and more chill because back then I was like, oh my God, you know, all the time. So, you know, to me, that's the interesting part of dating later is that you're now dating somebody who has got a full life of experiences and somebody you can learn a lot from and hopefully enjoy, you know, so it is a totally different thing because you're starting out fresh, you know, back in those twenties and early thirties. Right. So it's been, it's been fun. It's been, um, a little of everything <laughs> so um, well here here and there you uh like many people i know have reconnected with people that you maybe either knew you know maybe just knew them before as a friend or yeah you dated them before and um one that's on the news that is really kind of fun to talk about is yes. Jennifer. <laughs> and uh so okay are you team team a rod or team affleck what would you pick um you know, to I mean, me, they, they don't come without baggage, any of them. thing about A-Rod that I think is just so adorable. And who, but again, you know what, who knows what happens behind those closed doors. It just, Benifer was like the first one, the first, right. the first mashup name that we had, right? To me, it's like a touch point in a way. And how amazing that they would end, well, they may or may not end up together, but all this scrutiny and how could you even start to have a relationship with somebody when everybody's staring at you? I don't know. It's got to be, but I guess I maybe scary. that was the point that everybody was staring at. <laughs> I'm not kidding. By the way, I've also seen A-Rod. I saw him at our Basel walking around and he's, he's extremely good looking. He's person, a good but I'm still team Affleck because I think he's so funny. And I, <laughs> I just love like a witty sense of humor. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just think that that's really fun. And it's kind of fun to see them uh, at this point, but I, I think you do not underestimate Jennifer Lopez. I mean, she is awesome. And I think she was like, really? <laughs> You're kind of not making it work with me? Okay. <laughs> and I, I, that could be just a, you know, my own guess or interpretation, whatever. But I just think she's, whether she's totally madly in love with him or playing the media or both or whatever, uh, God bless her. <laughs> um you know, again, this is kind of a shift in power of, you know, once upon a time, the guy would have had all the power and how they could have killed her career in some way. Once upon, you know, like a Harvey Weinstein. I mean, there's men have been able to uh, pull strings that women haven't had until really now. And again, she's got- And they still don't have the full strings. Well, <laughs> look at the women NBA, not the, the women's uh, basketball players. Like, they're coming up, they're so amazing. And they get paid a tiny fraction of what the men get paid. Yeah. Right? Well, they've got to pull in the views. I mean, it's, it's like a chicken and the egg. Somebody's got to promote them more, bring people to them, you know. But, I mean, look at the UConn basketball women. They, they have incredible following and they're powerhouses. But it's still, so back to the power, um, J-Lo, the woman is just slammed it. She has her followers, her movies, her music, her dance. I mean, she's just all of it. Triple, quadruple, mini, 
mini threats, whatever to call that. But um, she doesn't have to stay with anybody. She doesn't want to like, right? There's no, she doesn't have to, you know, have any trade-offs at this point. But can you imagine dating her? She, she you got to be a very secure, strong guy to do that. Or used to the limelight, which he is. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, it could be everything. They could be having the time of their lives and this is so exciting. And by the way, there's a lot of great uh, publicity. And for her, I, I really think her heart was kind of broken and that's just a guess. But um, so this works out well. He was cheating. They, he was corresponding with one of the people on corresponding. I guess what they said, that's all it was. But corresponding can be taken to several levels as we all know um, on Southern Charm. Have you ever watched that? No. Show? Oh, it's so bad, but <laughs> it's, it's just funny. I mean, it's these beautiful Southern Charleston, you know, mansions and houses and great clothes. And I think everyone on the show almost has uh, been with, either been married to or dated or something with everybody else on the show. But <laughs> she's a blonde, this blonde bombshell, supposedly. I mean, I don't know if she's the reason why, but that's what's all over the press that he was uh, kind of trying to meet up with her. So who knows, but uh, who knows whatever happened. Um, there's one gossip columnist is ever since they started dating saying this is never, this is never gonna happen. But um, uh, I, that's not even my point. My point is that I like that she's, you know, I think she's playing it how she wants to. Yeah. yeah it's so anyways, at least for the press, we never know. Now I saw an interview with JLo and A-Rod. Um, I'm forgetting it, it maybe, Oprah did the interview and they were really talking very mindfully about how they were blending their families and, you know, what they were saying to their kids. I mean, th they struck me as a very um, thoughtful couple. Mm -hmm. So this part of me is very sad about that because to get to that place where you, I mean, clearly they've been consulting therapists and co-parenting people and they've been very loving and thoughtful and careful about their kids that, for this to blow up, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. And it's really, it's gotta be sad for everybody in the system. You know, yeah. they're his kids. So I, I, part of me is like, oh, I know. you know. So anyways, I'm wishing that she's happy and this is going well for her. Me too. However, <laughs> however it may be. So yeah, interesting stories of these, of these very famous women. So what else? Well, <laughs> this weekend is polo in Greenwich, so I'm going to go to the polo matches on Sunday afternoon. Looking forward to that. Are you wearing a hat? You have absolutely got to yeah. wear a big hat. Um, yeah, I don't buy these days. Like I would love a giant cover. <laughs> you know, where it's like this mysterious <laughs> giant hat. I would love one of those. I, you know what? I have been buying hats all in all different places, and I'll probably just go upstairs and pick one out of my closet. Um, I haven't, again, I haven't really been to stores that much yet, just starting to get back into it out of the whole COVID thing. So, um, you're just starting yeah. to get merchandise into like a lot of merchandise into, cause it was so difficult for, for sometimes it's just ship things around. So, um, I'm, I haven't received the new hat that I ordered from Regine Chevalier. I'm very much looking forward ah. to it. <laughs> so I think she did that. She's cool. School, very cool. Yeah, she has great like clothes and stuff. She's in Miami, no? Yeah, I think yeah. so. So, um, 
so yeah that's kind of how about you anything fun for your weekend um a party tomorrow night where i finally i have been waiting and waiting because i dance around the house a lot to music i have been waiting to go to a party and dance like i don't care if it's 100 degrees outside like that whole feeling so it's nice to have a little of that ready to bust out yeah so the heels <laughs> maybe a little advil i don't know <laughs> as I readjust, but well worth it. Well worth it. So, well, I hope you have a great weekend and I hope everybody out there has a great weekend. If you're local, think about going to the Lib Girl art show um, in Waveney Park. It's really worth it. And I hope everyone has a great time. Bye everybody. Bye.